Hello, my beautiful queens, and welcome to Queen Creations Radio, your one-stop shop for all things fashion, mindset, body positivity, women's empowerment, and all the behind-the-scenes action of Queen Creations design. I am your host and the creative director of Queen Creations, Natasha Mundy. Thank you so much for joining me today, queens. Wow, what an episode we have for you. I definitely went wild on a bit of a tangent here and I actually had three different topics to cover and only managed two. So it means I've already got episode three sorted out. But today what we're going to be talking about is um, the term it takes a village. So talking about having a support network there in place to be able to help you not to survive but to thrive in life. And then the other thing that we're going to talk about that I get really passionate about because it's something that I've done personally and I would love to see everyone around me doing is about ch- that it's not too late to chase your dreams. So about chasing your dreams but then also realizing that you haven't missed the boat or your little window of opportunity that it's not too late to go after your dreams, no matter where you are in your life. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you today. So tune in and let's get underway. So what's been happening, Queens? Well, we're going to do a quick roundup on what's been happening in the Queen Creations world, as well as what's been happening in life in general. So currently we'll start off with what I'm working on. So what I'm actually working on is just a teeny tiny little capsule collection at the moment. Um, just to start getting some products out there. I have hit a little bit of a, a snag with that um, because I've been summoned in to do jury duty. Yes, that is a real thing here in Australia. And yes, you may have to get called up to do it. And no, it is not fun. Um, so this time off that I had from my uh, uni holidays is now taken up doing that. Um, But what I'm hoping to do over the next few weeks is get this little mini collection done. So basically all it is is dress, pants and a cropped jacket um, that all fitted together in this really, really awesome fabric that I can't wait to show you. Um, And then I also want to pattern up and get ready to make something for the Adelaide Cup. So watch the space for that as well. So hopefully I can get the time to get that all done. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on the moment before heading into graduate collection. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned anything about my graduate collection that starts this year. And basically what I'm going to do is, again, a little bit about sustainability of making sure that I'm using my time as best as I can and the fabrics and everything that I source the best that I can by using my graduate collection to debut into my business this year. So I'm looking forward to that. And you'll get to see that whole process, which is really awesome from where to go from. So from inception, conception, inception, (laughs) the whole lot, which is really, really awesome. So yes, mentioned I was doing jury duty. That's hopefully finishing in a few days. I really hope so. Gosh, that is so mentally draining. It is ridiculous. But anyway, that that is that. And hopefully it's over and done with. I've done my civic duty. I feel good for doing so. Um, exciting news in my personal life is that my best friend is about to have a baby. Like I'm talking about in the next 24 hours, the baby will be here. The baby that I refer to as Princess Jellybean. So I cannot wait for her to get here and, and obviously wishing my best friend all the best luck and an easy birth because it's, well, you know, you know how it is, mums. We deserve that, right? <laughs> um, 
the little man, so the mini mun dog, he's started back at soccer training already. That's pre-season. He's 10, mind you, so just keep that in mind. We're not talking, you know, like a teenager starting his like pre-season. So it's pretty pretty full on for club soccer, but, you know, back to being a soccer mum, but we're, but we're hitting it hard and he loves it and it's just so great to see. And some other good news on the personal front is my husband. He actually officially got affiliated on Twitch which is amazing. So that's a major milestone for something that he's just started out. So really super proud of him for that. So that's what's been happening in the QC world of my life. Now we're going to jump into the podcast. We've all heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, my theory is, as I like to challenge that, is that it just takes a village full stop, right? It takes a village uh, for a queen to rule her kingdom, to step into her power, like it, it, it honestly takes a village. So, ladies, this is what we're talking about today is your village, all right? So something that is super important, especially for women, like especially for women, but also those of us who are mums as well, is learning to lean on others. I think sometimes so much as mums is that I don't know what it is about motherhood and giving birth actually and I'm probably going to go on a little tangent here but it's like we're ingrained and we're conditioned that we have to do it all and then we have to sit there and smile about it and go yeah motherhood is great childbirth is amazing like honestly before you give birth how many how many stories do you actually hear about childbirth how many of your friends do you actually hear talk about the nitty gritty of childbirth? And even after that, the couple of hours after childbirth, the next day, the next week, how much do we actually hear about that? Right? Right. Not actually enough or a lot. Right, we tend to, I don't know what it is sometimes. Like I know that, you know, 10 years ago when I gave birth to my child, I didn't know anybody else who was pregnant and I had little to no information about childbirth itself. My biggest concern about giving birth was pooping on the table. I kid you not, right? So it's something that we don't talk about and, you know, if we don't talk and we don't have a village to rely on, you know, how are we meant to get that information? How are we actually meant to know what to do during childbirth, you know, or any of this sort of stuff? Like we don't we don't actually know this stuff. We just go on and do what we think we have to do. So the importance here that I really want to talk about is that it is okay it is totally normal and it should be normalised to have a village, to ask for help, right? You are not meant to do this life alone. We are human beings and human beings are ingrained in community. And what that means, you know, and we talk about ancestral and, and, and many moons ago and all that sort of stuff, we've never been solitary creatures ever. We've always been a community. All right, we've always been a village. And I truly believe that every woman needs her own 
village and that we need to normalise being able to ask for help, having no shame in having a village and realising that this is what it takes to get to the next level. All right? Think about this. Think about this. So we look at, say, a professional athlete, um, male, female, whatever, like just look at a professional athlete and then you look at, you know, the first one that always comes to mind for me and, you know, love me or hate me is Conor McGregor. And the reason this comes to mind to me because I look at his village, you know, obviously he has his wife. His wife is a, has always been a massive supporter of him. But then he has his coaches. He doesn't just have one coach. He has a coach for every different discipline. So we have a BJJ coach. We have a boxing coach. We have a grappling coach. There is a coach. There's a strength and conditioning coach, right? So these are people who make up his village. And then let's go on. And the reason why I pick Conor McGregor is then we look at mindset. He was a huge um, influence with the, the law of attraction and lose, using, sorry, the law of attraction to get what it is that he wants out of life. And so who became his mindset coach? Only the greatest guru on this planet in Tony Robbins, right? So he has all these people in his corner you know, so when he goes out there and wins a fight, it's not Conor McGregor winning the fight on its own. It is his team. There is a whole team behind him. All those guys, he's all entourage. You walk out to him when he goes out into the UFC octagon ring and he has all these people for support. So our top athletes who are performing at the top of their game have a village So does it not just make sense that we all have a village just to get by in life, but not just to get by. It's not so we survive. It is so we thrive in life, you know, like by having a conversation about having a village and asking for support and employing people. And I'm not talking about employing them, you know, with money. I'm talking about employing people. And by that, I mean friends, husbands, wives, mums, dads, in-laws, cousins, you name it, of having a group of people around you that you know that you can go to for any kind of support. So I absolutely, for example, I have a village. I definitely have a village. Obviously, I've mentioned before my husband and my son. Okay, they are, you know, the other day I filmed this podcast and my son came in here and he was beaming and he came up and hugged me. He was like, I'm so proud of you, mummy, because he supports me and I support him. He's part of my village. He's a lot of the reason um, of why I do what it is that I do. And then my husband, he bends over backwards so that, you know, I can go to fashion school and I quit my full-time job. He supports our family financially because, you know, at the moment, while I'm at uni, there isn't much of an income. But then I have more and I have my best friend who I mentioned before as well. So my best friend, you know, I talk to her every day. I message her every day. And I can tell her any silly little idea that pops into my mind and she's there to vet it out for me. She's there to encourage me. I'm going to go to fashion school. You should do that. You know, she's right there. She's my biggest cheerleader in life. Everybody, you need to have somebody in your life who is your cheerleader, who celebrates you, who encourages you. You have to have that. Multiple sources, multiple sources then I have my parents. You know, my mum on the drop of a hat will do anything to look after my son if I've got to go to uni or get called up on jury duty, either way. 
you know, she will do, you know, bend over backwards to do anything for me. And sometimes when she comes here and looks after my son, she does things for me like doing my dishes because she knows that I'm really busy. And then when I come home, it's like one less thing that I have to worry about. And it is a life changer. And then there's my dad. He's my rock of my foundation and he's the person that I go to. If I need any advice about anything, he's where I go. And same, I talk to him every day as well. And then I have my mother-in-law. You know, my mother-in-law is incredible. Also, she's very much like me, so maybe that's why I also think that she's incredible. She's seriously incredible. And same thing again, she will do anything for me or Connor. And I can talk to her about absolutely anything. And I tell you, when I was giving birth to my child, she was the person that I wanted in that room because I knew she was the person who would be able to communicate my wishes the best. Right? So, you know, and then I have, you know, my father-in-law who's the same. He's full of so much love and would do anything for anyone. So I have this huge network well, maybe it's not that huge, but it feels huge because I've got people to share the load with all the time. And that allows me, and because, and this is not the other thing, not, this doesn't allow me, but also because I have allowed this support in my life, it means that I've been able to do what it is that I want to do. All right. I've been able to go on and chase my dreams. If I didn't have those people, or if I didn't just go, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to rely on some other people for help, I wouldn't be able to follow my dreams. So really, you know, have a look in your life, take a little bit of stock of who's there and see who you can lean on. See who it is that you can find that can help you out. And, of course, you know these relationships, what's great about them is that they aren't one way they you know, they go both ways and it means that you can help those people out. You know, my, I know my best friend can talk to me about anything that she wants to talk about. You know, I'll take my mum out or my dad and go spend time with my dad or my mother-in-law. You know, the, these relationships aren't one way. They are two ways. So they are about giving, but they're also about receiving. And the big thing about receiving is giving your permission. You're giving yourself permission to receive and being okay with that. It doesn't make you a less of a person. It does not make you a less of a mother. It doesn't make you less of a woman. If you employ help externally as part of your village, maybe that means that you have somebody who comes and cleans your house once a week so that you can take an hour to work on your business or your study or so you can take an hour to go out with your child or spend time with your husband or maybe it's so that you can take an hour to spend time with yourself and work on yourself for yourself. We need to normalize this, all right? So I cannot, cannot stress enough how much we need a village. So I would love to hear from you on the socials. Tell me about your village. Tag someone who is in your village so they know that they are a part of your community, that you're important community and they mean something to you. I would love to hear your stories about those that you rely on. I really would. So just jump on the podcast, I mean jump on the socials after this podcast and let me know who they are. Tag a sister, tag a mother, tag a husband. I don't care. Tag somebody when we put this podcast out in the socials and let us know about your village. The next thing that I really wanted to talk about today was the fact that it is never too late to chase your dreams. 
Let me repeat that again. It is never too late to chase your dreams. All right. So part of the reason why I wanted to talk about that today is sometimes we, as mothers, as wives, as women, we get caught up in believing that we can't actually have it all. We can have motherhood or we can have a career or we can, um, you know, if you don't get married early and have kids, you know, like you should be getting married early and having kids. There's so much information out there about what it is that we should be doing, right? And we go out there and we're like, oh, you know, I'm a mom. I have to go back to work. I've got to work a full-time job. I'm going to go get a home and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. Okay, who says that you actually need to do that? Um, you know, and I say that in the sense that here I am trying to get, uh, you know, hubby and I are trying to get our own house. So it's not to say that I don't believe that that dream is correct. I'm just saying that let we need to stop focusing on what we think we should do. All right. And when by should do, it's, you know, these ideas come from somewhere and they're societal ideas. You know, like they're, they're you know, society tells us that we should work a nine to five job. And, you know, don't complain, go to work, earn your money, shut up, pay your bills, pay your taxes, buy your house, be in debt for 30 years. Like it tells us that's the way. We should go work for a business. We go into work. You know, that's what we should do. And I think that if COVID-19 and that pandemic teaches something is how quick were workplaces to pivot into allowing staff from working from home. And it's not because they allowed staff, it's because they had to let staff work from home. And so all these businesses before that said that, oh, you can't work from home or you can't have flexible working arrangements, all of a sudden they were able to do so. Yeah, like was anybody else affected by that? You know, I know I saw my husband, you know, transition from working in an office to working from home. I know my uni, like the same thing, is that I transitioned from going, having to be on campus to then being at home. And I saw it with a lot of my friends as well. So what I'm saying is, is, you know, we do get caught up in what it's supposed to be. And I use this word, supposed to be. And you guys can't see me, but I'm using those little air quotations, you know, supposed to be. But is that truly what fills your soul? Does it drive your passion and does it fill your soul? And you know what? If it does, great for you. You found a career that you love and you love going into work every day and that is amazing and I'm totally happy for you and I think that's really, really awesome. But if there's people out there who that's not what fills you or drives you and that you feel that maybe there's something more, and then especially I'm looking maybe to some people who are slightly a little bit older as well and think that maybe their time has been and gone. Well, I'm here to tell you today that that is not the case. That is absolutely not the case. You can do a quick Google search to see, you know, people who started off, you know, how many mistakes people made along the way and at what ages they were when they reach their success. And there is a huge list. I know that there's like a like a visual that goes with that. You know, there really is a lot of people out there who didn't find their way until they were a little bit older. 
And you know what? I'm that person too. Like, honestly, you know, as I said, I'm 38 years old. I've just gone to university. At th- you know, like, so obviously I went before 38, but, you know, like I've gone to university at a later age to then try and, you know, like find, you know, just chase a dream. Basically, I chased a dream. So I guess what I want to do is I want to encourage you to really think about what it is that sets your soul on fire and is there something about that that you could actually make that into a career? And if so, you know, like, or, you know, think about what dreams it is that you have that you didn't chase. And then think about why you didn't chase them. Like, honest to God, why didn't you go wholeheartedly into chasing them? Why? And if you were given the time over again or you're given the time right now and you could go, you know what, you can go chase your dreams. What do you need to do to make that happen? How would you think about that now? How would you change that and how would you chase after that now? So, you know, I guess I was going to share a little bit about my story about sort of chasing dreams because I want to just show that it is doable, right? So... For me personally, I was working full-time in a management position before I went to university. And I'll be honest, I've had the tendency throughout my working career to change jobs about every two years because I get bored. I'll work in a job for two years and then I'll lose interest and then I'll go do something else. The sort of industries in which I've worked have remained, you know, fairly similar. Like I've worked from I've worked in gyms to call centres gyms to cool centers, gyms to cool centers, um, and always with that sort of sales base. That's always what I've done. And I was, like I said, I was in a in a full-time wage with full-time hours and, you know, I stumbled on what it is that I wanted to do by accident. I swear to God, you know, I started out making – So I mentioned before that I do professional wrestling outside of my everyday life. And, you know, professional wrestling requires wrestling attire, which is usually made up of lycra. And at the particular time when I was wrestling, there wasn't really too many people locally that were doing a decent job of making wrestling gear. And I wanted something kind of uh, specific and I was having to get this stuff made Overseas, And by the time, and I'm talking about in, in the UK, and by the time it got sent back to me and I look at it now, the quality of it was just so poor. And I was paying $300 just for a costume. Like, and I'm talking like, it's basically like a swimming, like swimming bathers. You know, I'm paying $300 for bathers, for lycra. Oh, my God. So when I decided to chase my dream, I... As I said, I didn't know. So at that point in time, I went and got my mum's old sewing machine from my dad's house and overlocker. And guess what? I started sewing. And I made the set of wrestling gear that I wanted to make that people locally were like, oh, no, that's too hard. I can't do that. Sorry. Well, no worries. I'll give it a go myself. And I did that and I really enjoyed it. And it was probably the first time in my life where I've done something. I'm not one of these people who are naturally very – you know how you get those people out there who are naturally – good at things so they can do something and they pick it up straight away. They're fantastic. You know, they're so talented and they can pick up new things and just be good at it straight away. They can, I don't know, just anything. They can just just do it. 
I have not been like that. You know, anything that I do, I've always had to work on. Not inst- you know, I'm not, I'm not a natural athlete. I'm not a natural creative. I'm not natural. I don't know. Like I'm just not natural at that sort of stuff. But sewing, and you know, like I didn't do my own pattern for this particular sewing. I, I bought a pattern, but it came quite naturally to me. I thought I really like this. So then on the side, I started making some other people some wrestling gear, and I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I could do this. And on a whim, and I swear to God, on a whim. I just started looking at sewing courses. I just wanted to see if there was any sewing courses so I could learn some skills to back up what I was doing. So I was just self-taught anyway and I thought I would love to learn some sort of industry-based skills. So I just started a bit of a Google search and up came the degree that I'm currently doing at the moment. And on a whim, I swear to God, I just I applied for it just then and there. thought, what the hell, I'm just going to apply. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. I really didn't and... You know, and it, I think it took like a month or so or a few weeks later, I got a letter to say that I was accepted into uni. So, you know, as I said, I was working full-time. You know, I applied and I didn't think anything of, of it and I just went back to my full-time job. And clearly it was a job that I wasn't necessarily overly happy in and it was a bit of a toxic environment. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that it was a great job because it wasn't. And I got accepted and I couldn't believe it. And as you know, you know, like I am a big believer in the universe. Back then I probably wasn't as much so, but still a little bit like, oh, hang on, I got in, I got in for a reason. So I wanted, I didn't want to waste my opportunities. So this is a big takeaway for everyone. And if you have an opportunity that presents itself for you to run away and try something to do with your dreams, do not turn your back on it. It is your opportunity for a reason and you must, you must use it. Yes, yes, you may fail, but yes, you may succeed. So I do implore you, if you ever get an opportunity presented for you, to just to go, go for it. Just absolutely go for it. So for me personally, I had to sit back and have a conversation with my husband. Say, hey, I actually applied for uni. I didn't think I told him at the time that I applied because I didn't think that I would get, I honestly didn't think that I'd get in. Um, so I just, you know, just applied and just thought I'll see how we go. So then spoke to my husband about it and said I wanted to do it. And initially what I was going to do is I thought I could reduce some hours and I'm going to work around it. So, you know, things like I'm going to open the – I was working at a gym at a time. I'll open the gym in the morning. I'll go to uni. I'll come back and go to the gym in the evening to, like, close to keep up, try and keep my hours. Well, of course, you could imagine how long that lasted before it didn't last anymore. And so I had to work out what was the minimum amount that I could work and what wage I could bring in that we could still cover all of our expenses. So roof over our heads, food in our bellies, and mainly relying on my husband's wage. And, you know, so in the end I ended up leaving that job and I had to find another job. So now, you know, like I found a job where I worked casually I've not been a casual employee since I was like, I don't know, 19 years old. So casual employee working two days a week, one being a Saturday and one being a weekday so that I could do the study at least part-time. So, you know, I ch- as I said, I you know, in that sense, I chased my dreams. And I'm going to tell you, you know what? It wasn't easy. 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you this fairy tale of like, oh, it was, I followed my dreams and it was amazing and everything was so easy and it just all fell into place. That was not the case at all. You know, for the past three years, I've spent most of the time working between the university work that I do and actual physical work as employed work, as paid work, six days a week, Monday through to Saturday. And my university is not like fashion school isn't like a uni degree where you go in for a lecture here and a tutorial there and they're just a few hours and things like that. No, no, these are 9 to 3.30 every day in the city. So having to transport, transport through to the city of Adelaide to be able to do this. And, you know, I'm turning into my final year now. I'm doing, it is going to take me four and a half years to do a three-year full-time degree. I had to go to uni part-time so that I could still work. Obviously, my husband earned too much to get any sort of study support. So we had to find a way to make it work. And then that also meant relying on family a lot. And this is what I was talking about before where it takes a village. If I didn't have my village, there is no way that I would have been able to go to university. So my village meant that I had somebody to be able to pick up my son from school sometimes so that I could go to university or have them pick him up on days that I am at work, you know, like and obviously I'm always, you know, at this particular point on a limited income so we have our family who help out with things like, you know, my mum pays for my son to do swimming lessons and my mother-in-law pays for my son to do soccer because they help out and not being too proud to not let that happen. You know, so it's just making sure. And then definitely during the pandemic, like this uh, last year, you know, I had really set myself up that I was going to overload my study topics so that I could finish earlier, six months earlier. And this pandemic was an eye-opener for me. I thought, why am I doing this? It was actually detrimental to my health at one point where I was not well because I was stressed because I was doing too much. And I had to slow down and I had to ask for more help from my village. And my village stepped up. And I learned that it was okay to not, you know, do so much at one time. And then, you know, what is the rush? What is an extra six months really making the difference of things? It doesn't really make any difference. It doesn't stop me from starting my business this year. It doesn't put my my ideas six months back. It just meant that I, you know, had to work things out. But I guess what I'm trying to say is how possible it is, is if you have a dream to make time to make it happen. Like all I had to do was say yes to that university letter offering me a place at university. If I didn't say yes to that, then I wouldn't be here. But I said yes to it and we made everything else work around it because I had a supportive village. I had a village who loves me and a village who wants to see me succeed and a, and a village who got behind my dream to make it happen. All right. And now the big thing about this is, you know, it brings us on to another topic of comfort zones. You know, like greatness begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Like the moment you get out of your comfort zone is when great things are going to happen to you. 
And, you know, I try now to do more things like going to university was a huge thing out of my comfort zone. Firstly, I'm a mature age student. So I started at that uni and I was older than everyone else. And I had to walk into that uni with students fresh out of school and make friends and fit in an environment that I really felt that I didn't fit into. But I did. And then, you know, then these ideas have sprouted for my business and here we are, is that here I am starting a business. But how exciting is that? That would not have happened if I stayed in my comfort zone of working my gym job as a manager there. Like if I did not step out of my comfort zone to go and do something, then there's I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had or, you know, had the potential to be where it is that I'm going. You know, my future is so bright and that is because I got out of my comfort zone. It's not the only time for me personally that I've gotten out of my comfort zone. You know, I did it a while ago when I started wrestling. I didn't always wrestle. In fact, I didn't wrestle until I made my debut in 2016 for actual wrestling. Yes, I'd had a little stint earlier and it was a bit of a nightmare, but we don't really talk about that. But, you know, I was at a point in my life where I was beaten by life. Life had beaten me down. I had no confidence, had no self-esteem, and I was just so felt I was a shell of a person walking around. And I had to, I knew I had to do something to shake me out of that and to change that. So what I did is I thought, you know what, I need to get out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to go, you know, back to wrestling and I'm going to achieve what it is that I didn't achieve the first time when I didn't complete it. And you know, that that shaped me and changed me as a person. You know, that gave me the confidence, you know, like I wasn't confident going in there. Oh, hell no. For most parts of my wrestling, I've been the only woman there. And I was lucky enough that that's where, you know, my best friend and I started our journey together. And then something beautiful came out of that. So I had a friendship that came out of that. You know, we have kids that play together because of that. You know, and it just gave me the confidence to walk around. And I think that if I hadn't had that experience, there's no way that I would have stepped out of my comfort zone and felt confident enough to go to uni. And this is the other thing is about thinking about it is thinking that you are worthy. So this is a huge thing is that you need to realize that you are worthy to chase your dreams. You are worthy to live the life that you want to live. I think that sometimes our own self-worth is something that holds us back. Sometimes it's not a spoken thing and we don't realise it, but sometimes we don't think that we're worthy enough to go and chase our dreams. I'm not worthy enough to start a business. I'm not worthy enough to go to university. I'm not worthy enough to be a mum. I'm not worthy enough to have this career. I'm not worthy enough to go after this promotion or this pay rise. We have this thing where we sabotage our own lives by thinking that we're not worthy. Well, I want to tell you that you are worthy and that you need to do the mindset work to get yourself there as well because there is nothing different about you compared to the person who has decided to chase after their dreams. There is nothing different about you that is holding you back from getting a promotion, a pay rise, from having a baby, from... I don't know, like anything, like you, we hold ourselves back because we believe that we're not worthy or that we don't deserve this. We don't chase the pay rises. We don't chase the promotions and, you know, we don't chase our dream careers and we don't chase the business ideas that we have and it's because we feel that we're not worthy and that is not the case. That is absolutely 
not the case. That is imposter syndrome. That is a thing that we tell ourselves. It is a limiting belief and I want you to quit that shit right now. I want you to quit that shit because you are worthy. The other thing that I want you to realize is that you can do it all. There is no choices to be made here. So you do not need to choose whether you are a mother or you have a career because you can do it all. You have the right to do it all. It is not one or the other. It is both. And you know what? If you can't find a job that's flexible enough to work around the time that you want to spend being a mum at home, then you know what? You create your own job. That's what we have entrepreneurs for. That's what we have small business owners for. Start your own business if that's what you want to do. Or maybe you've got like a bit of a hobby of, I don't know, doing something. Well, then make sure that you allow time to do that. So you get your time to be a mom, you get your time to go to work, and you get your time to work on your hobby of what it is that you want to do that sparks your fire, that is your passion that you want to do. So, you know, there's that, and I mentioned, you know, there is the old saying, you can't have it all. That is bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. Who says, honestly, who says that you can't have it all? Who writes that law? Who writes that rule? Who says that, that you can't have it all? That is one of the biggest loads of bullshit and limiting beliefs that we are led to believe our whole lives. And this is men and women. We are led to believe that we can't have it all that we can't do what it is that we want to do. It stops us from chasing our dreams. It limits us down to a nine-to-five job, earning your money, paying your taxes, and not questioning the bloody system, right? So I am here to tell you today that you can do it all. You can do whatever it is in your mind that you can conceive is what you believe is what you can do, right? So if you want to go out there, and you want to work part-time, you want to side hustle part-time and, you know, you want to bloody dance in a burlesque show for the sake of it, then bloody go and do it, right, because you can do it all. So I'm going to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone regularly, realise that you are worthy and tell yourself that you can do it all. You can have it all. You can have whatever it is that you want to have and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. There isn't any actual rules here. Yes, there's laws and things like that, of course. I'm not telling you to go out and rob a bank and that everyone, you know, you can do it all and you can do that. That's not what I'm telling you at all. But what I'm telling you is if you have this dream deep inside of you that you want to go do your, go do theatre, guess what? Go join your local theatre group and go do some theatre. Maybe it is that you want to be an actress. You know what? Go get some acting lessons. Go to acting school. Work part-time. Because I, you know, this is one thing I'll tell you that, you know, if you have people around you and you have your village that we keep talking about your village and they can see when things light you on fire. So when you find something that you're passionate about that you really want to do and that you want to make something of, they will have your back. They will 100% have your back. And then you think about it this way. It's not just you going after your dream. It is a whole village going after your dream. How much easier is that? Because then you can share the load. So I guess this podcast today, find your village. Absolutely, 100% find your village. And then two, go do something that gets out of your comfort zone. Find something it is that you're passionate about. And if you haven't been doing it, tell yourself that you're worthy and get your ass up and go and do one little tiny action 
towards that dream. That that is what we're telling you for this podcast today. One tiny little action towards your dream. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Queen Creations Radio. If you're interested in joining the Queenhood, make sure you subscribe. Follow us on socials, including Instagram at queencreations underscore au. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Look forward to chatting next time. Bye.